The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome into the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined here by one Mark Immelman, one Kyle Porter from Oak Hill, and a new PGA champion has been crowned, but he's kind of an old PGA <laughs> champion now. Thrice for Brooks Kepka. Uh, Mark, we'll start here with you. First off, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here, and I'll tell you what, thrice is nice because did anyone ever for any time today think that Brooks was not going to win? Because it certainly felt like out there that if you had to stay, you had to stay in front of him if you wanted to win. And Victor played great, in my opinion. But Brooks is, he just takes it to a different level in these things. He's there might have been one moment. What was, I, what was the moment? I, I think the moment where it was not a sure thing that Brooks was going to win. It, it, it was only 30 seconds. It was when Victor made the birdie putt on 13. And Brooks had a par putt yep. from like nine feet. No, it was farther than that. Which okay. he buried. I mean, which he snuck here. in. Uh-huh. Cup grabs it on the right side. I bet it was like twelve or fifteen. Okay, so if that does not drop, they're tied going yeah. to four. That's the one moment. But he makes it. It's still a lead. And it- okay, I want to add to that because that putt he made down the hill was sensational. Then he steps up there on fourteen. Wind is humming across from the right hand side. That green is. It's a drivable par four. It's not that drivable, okay? And he just no. bashes driver right into the heart of the green. I was like, okay, here we are. This is basically it. Yeah, it, it, the, the driver. I thought the I thought the there was like 15 minutes there where mm-hmm. Michael Bog made the one. You had those two putts on 13 that were to me kind of the. You're right. That, that was like the the real moment of the day and there were things were moving very quickly out they there were. for for a few minutes which was a blast it was it was a really cool moment to get kind of caught up in, in a major championship well we started the day with brooks kepka just being absolutely clinical he played the first five holes flawlessly and he started to separate himself from victor hovland we were in studio we were wondering if we were going to get the vince carter dot we gift. did we did that we got it then we got after, it after uh, the fourth hole <laughs> really so we got it yeah. after the fourth hole so it got a little tighter after that but but mark the way he plays the first five is 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 top notch gets into a little trouble at six but kind of writes the ship very quickly yes and the way he came out you know as a golf instructor 
something I always want to highlight to folks is how uncomfortable it feels in that place. And he looked so comfortable and hit everything on the button coming out there. The first tee shot was laced down the heart of the fairway. It's a beautiful iron in there. Two, he absolutely flushes one from the middle of the fairway, mm. sticks it in there, makes the birdie. Three is not an easy par three whatsoever. Crosswind, tiny green, huge false front in front there. And he flags his five iron or whatever it was and makes a birdie. And I was like, here we go. And yes, he stumbled some on six, but then after taking relief and having north of 200 yards, I yeah. think it was in there, just bludgeons this eight iron onto the green, gets out with bogey. And I'm, I'm like, he has no weakness. He truly had no physical weakness today. The trajectory that he hits these golf balls. We, we uh, picked yeah. him up, what, four or five or whatever, and we brought him to the clubhouse. He hits the ball. On our shoulders. Well, we tried, but failed. <laughs> it, it, the ball never stops going up. It's like a homesick angel. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> these guys. The, the, we, had, we had a conversation. We had a, we had a dinner conversation earlier this week, Rick, about whose swing you would want. Uh, you know, there's some obvious ones. Adam Scott is an obvious one. So we tried to stay away from the obvious ones. And I said Brooks Koepka. Mm. Uh, Mark might disagree. Probably will disagree. I don't know if it's a beautiful swing, but I love how athletic it is, uh, how effective it is, how efficient it is. It's it's extraordinary. He's an unbelievable hitter of the ball. And I don't know if we have a clip of 18, but coming up 18, Rick, it reminded me of DJ in 2016 at Oakmont when he won the U.S. Open there. It was the same sort of uh, twilight as the sun was fading. He just murders a drive with a two-stroke lead going into the last. He was up two over Scheffler, destroys a drive, hits it tight, gives himself a look at birdie. He's not even – you know, a lot of guys in that situation would play it safe, would just get it to the house, and he didn't. He just went after it and burned it down for his fifth major championship. We're going to go over the list here in a little bit of guys that have won five majors since World War II, but it's a pretty – Brooks didn't know who was on it because he was asked afterward. Right. But uh, it, I do know who's on it, and it's a pretty extraordinary list. Here's that shot into oh, – here's the approach that. into 18. That's like – remember DJ in 2016 at Oakmont? Yeah. Yeah, DJ at 6-iron. This was basically a caressed 9-iron, I think it was, down the breeze. And, and pin high all day, Mark. I mean, he, he played to all the right spots. He never got into too much trouble. It was uh, – I think I used the word earlier. It was clinical. It was clinical. And to talk about the golf swing, as an instructor – I always look for three things in a good golf swing. I look for repeatability under pressure. I look for leverage, maximum club head speed, minimum effort. And then I look for square striking. And that, hitting the ball the right distance every single time, every ball he hits came out of the guts of the club face. I mean, he flushed it the entire day. And so as a result, he was carrying bunkers in dog legs. He was hitting the ball tons in the air to bring him down softly on these greens and stuff. It was a truly truly major championship winning worthy performance that list kp because uh, we've got a list here five majors five majors before turning 34 tiger jack sevy tom watson gary player arnold palmer and brooks kepka adds his name to that list now five of them three pgas and two u.s opens well w within the sport these are first name guys only right yeah. who, who on this list can you not just say their first name and you know who they're talking about tom that could be old young kim kim <laughs> stop <laughs> I think it's. I think there's. I think. I think everybody knows who you're talking about. Uh, I was going to give just the not before turning 34, but just the list of guys that have won five since World War II. Jack. It's it's pretty much the same thing. Jack Tiger, uh, Hogan, Player, Tom, <laughs> Watson, uh, Tom Watson, Sneed, Sam, 
Don't know if you've heard of him. No. Uh, Slamming Sammy. That's, pa- that's who it was. Palmer, Lee Trevino, Nick Faldo, Phil Mickelson, uh, Seve, and Brooks Kepka. Every single one of those in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, like first ballot, automatic, no doubters. And Brooks is now on that list, and he might not be done. We had a conversation on the 18th tee box. It's not like he's 40. He's got a lot of majors ahead of him and seems to be – forget all the physical, uh, you know, debilitating stuff. Mentally, he's in such a better space yeah. now than he was one year ago when he didn't even have a top 50 at the majors. Yeah, I saw him smile a lot today, which <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, Mark, you, we were talking about this a little bit earlier as well. You know, this is a, a runner-up finish at the Masters, a win at the PGA Championship. I think he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. I think, sure. we, I think he will, but <laughs> before that, I want to just quickly visit this and get your take. You know, for the longest time, Rory was kind of the player of our generation, right, with these four majors, mm. you know, because Spieth hadn't got there just yet, and Brooks was tied. Brooks is the guy now. Five of all of them. Um, look, Rory's got more PGA Tour wins and more FedEx Cups and stuff, but this is how these guys measure themselves. So Brooks is the guy, and along that Ryder Cup uh, conversation, Zach Johnson is going to have to take a huge, give that side eye look if he's going to avoid Brooks Kepka for that team because the way he played today, he, he just intimidates everybody he plays alongside. And tip your cap to Victor Hovland for hanging in there mm-hmm. like he did. But Brooks has that aura. He has the aura of all those names, Kyle, that you read on that list. Yeah. They, they step on the tee with you and you're like, holy cow, there's Jack and holy cow, there's Tom. Brooks is that guy. Not uh, Tom Kim. Basically, a quarter of his wins are major championship wins, which yeah. is sick one. And, you know, do you talk about the historical aspect, where it fits into the – it's always easy to be kind of like a prisoner of the moment here. Oh, but That's all I do. But <laughs> it, it, it's – like you said, he's not done here. Yeah. Which is well, the scary part. I think two things. One, it, first of all, if he doesn't make the Ryder Cup team, then it's a sham. It's it cheapens that event, right? Like that that makes that event less mm-hmm. you guys less than uh, it it would be otherwise. So forget about all that. I, he he should be on the Ryder Cup team. He fin- he's been beaten by one guy in the first two majors. Yeah, that's never happened, and somebody didn't make the Ryder Cup. So it, it would cheapen that event. Number two. To Mark's point, I, I, I want to here's what I want to see over the next five years. Somebody on Twitter said this. I can't remember who. We've got major winning Brooks's back. I'd love to see five years of major winning Rory back as well because those guys, I think you can probably throw uh, – DJ is a different age. He's a little bit older. Rory and Brooks are the same age. But those are kind of the three guys of this overlapping generation that are that are the guys, you know. And, and you could th- – you know, Spieth and JT are – kind of in that i don't know that they've done and those speed and jt haven't done as much as those three guys especially at at the major championships but uh i want to see rory and brooks kind of go at it for the next five six years and and pick off a few more majors any guesses of what brooks's official world golf ranking will be on monday morning 16 okay what's he now i don't know Uh, i think he's i don't know 19 13 all right. All right. There you go. Uh, Victor Hovland played in that final group. And, Mark, you said we got to tip our hat to Victor. Uh, he was engaged in a battle with Brooks all day long. Uh, he had a couple of putts that did not go his way. I'm thinking of number two where he stuffed one in to that front right pin right after Brooks did it. Anything you can do, I can do better. Didn't make the putt. Brooks did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of a couple of putts that weren't 
certainly weren't gimmies, but they were opportunities in the middle of the round. And he was fully in it until 16. But you, you speak of the putts that he missed. Uh, I want to highlight the one he slides down the hill on five, the par three, perfect speeding in. Yeah. Um, then... I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was six, but he made a few other putts of consequence, mm -hmm. uh, just to keep himself in it. And then I think the big one, where you have to look at him and say, "Look, good on you, man," was there on the par five, thirteen. Yeah, that he's was, hit a yeah. poor, he's hit awesome. a poor tee shot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brooks has got the ascendancy right now after the birdie back there on twelve, and Victor's got that slider down the hill that he buries at perfect speed and turns the tables on Brooks. Yeah. Then Brooks makes. Retains the lead, hits it on the green on the next, and Victor gets this thing up and down from well right of the green, right. making like a 10-footer down the hill. Old Victor, and he's not very old, 25, <laughs> Victor 1.0 didn't do that sort of stuff. Victor 1.0 yeah. didn't get it up and down out of greenside bunkers like he did this week. Victor certainly didn't get the thing up and down around the greens like he did this week. So even though he fell short... Uh, and he'll probably rue the thing tonight when he's with his buds and traveling home. Uh, I feel like Victor, if when he revisits this with his coach Joe Mayo and his advisors, they'll be like, this was a major step in the right direction. He, here's here's that disaster. Uh, similar to what we saw Corey Connors do on, on Saturday, the, the fairway bunker at 16, ball below his feet, it was not a good lie, big clump of sand behind his ball, and he just drives it into the face of the bunker, KP. Uh, you got to you gotta take a, a drop there. It's not a, it's not a penalty. It's, it's embedded ball relief, but you don't get a good look at that you don't get a good drop he just tried to he just advanced it down the the fairway and when the dust settles it's a six well that was when the the tournament ended and he, and he knew it you know i was having a conversation with somebody coming up 18 and i think out of the out of his three top tens now at majors he had the open last year with rory he had Augusta this year, which was not – I mean, he led after the first round, right? right? But and that was, he was his, kind of around, yeah, but it that wasn't was, as neck deep as yeah, it was. That was week. kind of as close as he got. I think this will be the most heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. I know it will be the most heartbreaking, but that's a good thing, right? Like it, 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 I said this earlier this week. It feels like he's building toward winning a major. I don't know if LACC is the right place for him, but he could win at Hoylake, right? He could destroy at Hoylake. He could be awesome there. And – I I love his major championship trajectory because a year ago it wasn't necessarily the trajectory. He didn't have a top ten at the majors, and now he's he's sort of building toward it in ways that I don't know some other guys that are his his age maybe are not. I will counter that and say the way he plays. I got to watch him play this week some, and I have over the last few weeks. Uh, he played beautifully at Pebble Beach in wet, moist, soft conditions. This place was major championship worthy. Augusta National, obviously. He is a player of all seasons right now. The way he hits it, the way the short game is. Uh, he's just got to, if he comes to an event playing well, uh, I feel like he's going to contend just the, just because of the completeness of his game right now. Well, Mark mentioned Victor 1.0. We were kind of talking about that this week as well. He, he has new shots. In the arsenal, yeah. The, this this bunker game, game yeah, yeah, yeah. This bunker game where he can hit something that hops three times and stops. Uh, the the ability to get up and down. He's 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 making much more solid contact now. That is obviously the biggest weakness historically, and he is he's patching it. Yeah, he is, and you know I was impressed. The reason I said Hoylake uh, is is somewhere that I could see him contending is. That driving iron, obviously, that's always been very good. But I loved it this week. He he actually, as we were following him on, I don't know what his what his statistics, what his numbers are, but uh, he didn't drive it particularly great uh, as we were watching him on on Sunday. But the iron play, I mean, 
he's not the best iron player in the world, but he certainly feels like it. Yeah, he was he he was the best this week. Yeah, uh, and he's certainly in the top, you know, three, four, five for this sort of window that we're looking at. Uh, he's been. I, I just I think major championship golf is a different thing than PGA Tour golf, Mark, and. The way he's been playing in majors recently, forget about his PGA Tour play, but it's it's been super impressive. Yeah, because he's confident, right? You, you don't go and do that stuff that he did today if you're not confident. Yeah. You don't stand up to a Brooks Kepka like he did if you didn't believe who you are and what you got. And to that, you talk about the short game, and I'm going to sort of golf nerd out a little bit right now. For the longest time, all of us in broadcast were critiquing the short game. Well-founded, he admitted as such. And he hooked up with a golf instructor and the model they used for his short game stuff was that of Jose Maria Lothar, who is a wonderful chipper, great short game. And where most guys were telling Victor, you've got to get more shallow in the approach, right? He was actually staying back too long and sort of drop kicking, grounding the ball. You speak of the contact, yeah. grounding the club before the ball in the bunkers. The stuff was putrid that he was hitting. The new instructor, Joe Mayo, said to him, hey, on your backswing, start moving forward with your head. Essentially, in golfer's terms, the club golfers, start reverse pivoting. So this got him on his lead side. The angle of attack steepened up, and he's got it all around the greens, including playing out a heavy rough like over here. So you talk about Hoylake, certainly. Uh, LACC, I believe he can go. And, and any sort of U.S. Open, this was ostensibly a U.S. Open test this week. Yeah. Uh, watch out for him in, in future U.S. Opens, too. Uh, the only guy this week to shoot 70 or better in all four rounds was was Victor Hovland. Uh, what block shoot today? 71? 71, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, Michael blocked. <laughs> I don't block even chain. know if we have enough time. Blockchain. Do we have the even block enough chain. time to he, talk he about was, I mean, I, block. I didn't get to see him a lot today because we were with the, the final few groups. Uh, Mark probably saw a ton of him. Um, the start of the round, yeah. He... I mean, I I saw Rory in the parking lot on the, on the way over here. here. Here's the one. I'm just going to lay out. Yeah. He dunks it. It didn't. Even, they had to repair the cup. Yeah, they did. Held our group up. Scotty Scheffler was making a charge. They had to fix the hole before he played the hole. So, so just to be clear, Michael Block, who started 70-70-70 and is having the career, just absolute pinnacle of his career, as if that wasn't movie worthy enough he makes an ace on 15 and sends this place into a frenzy we heard it from a mile away i mean if, if you <laughs> we, we had dinner almost every night rick if you would have said last night at dinner hey michael block's gonna play with rory make a one on 15 and make it into the pga championship next year i mean even with the week he was having you wouldn't have believed it. i saw rory in the parking lot back there i said how about that one like what 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 in the world and he's like listen i told him when it's your week, it is it is very yeah. much it is very much your yeah. week, and it was Michael Block's week. It was the week of his of his golfing life, and uh, congrats to him. It was it was pretty extraordinary. Hey, along those lines, so early in the round, I was with Rory and Michael Block, and he got off to a nervy start. He certainly did. Bogey the first after an errant tee shot, and Rory came out like Rory, and, and and you could see Michael was sort of off kilter, but he never really gave up his mojo, and then dug in, made a few good pars. And then I was moved up to Scotty Scheffler's group, right? And Scotty, we're going down 14, the somewhat drivable, drivable par four. And we just hear this massive roar. And I look past the clubhouse, uh, the, the chalets, I should say. And there are people throwing drinks and stuff in there. And everyone's <laughs> going bananas. And Scotty walks up to me and he goes, what happened? 
And I'm like, apparently Block just made a hole in one. And he goes, you're kidding, right? I'm like, no, he really did. And the word is that the thing flew straight in the hole. And Ted Scott goes, you just got to give up now. I mean, it yeah. does not yeah, get any better. You got to walk <laughs> yeah, off exactly. after that. He should have just not even, not even completed his round. Didn't make a birdie today. The only hole he was under par <laughs> was the ace. Was it the only eagle 15. this week or was there another eagle? No, because no, Peters had made an eagle, right? There was well, none. Cantlay made an eagle as well. There was none coming in to today, I don't yeah, think. Cantlay had one today. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, but, but, but get this too. He'd never made an ace in competition. Pretty so good you just save it for a major championship. If you, set me, exactly. on a if you sent me the script, I would have said too unrealistic. But go and buy lottery it. tickets, Michael Get Block, if you're here. listening to this. Yeah, uh, We're going to continue this conversation. Lots more big boppers in the mix. We're going to say goodbye to you, KP. Thank you very much for joining us. But hey, what a week. What a week. We're going to continue this conversation about the PGA Championship after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the First Cup Podcast. Back here still with Mark Immelman, but we're going to add another uh, voice to the conversation as we watch, yeah, now a three-time PGA champion, Brooks Kepka stuffed one close on number two. He would go on to roll that in an absolute great start. We're going to bring in uh, Greg Ducharme here. Greg, uh, welcome in. We've we've covered Brooks already, but I, I, I got to get your take on, on what you saw on this Sunday. Oh, man. Well, first of all, what a week. I know you ended the last segment with that. I think it's a great thing to say because this was just absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm Brooks Kepka, who I know you spoke about earlier. To me, this was all about handling bad breaks. And, and I know he didn't necessarily go into what he learned from Augusta National, but you think about some of the bad breaks he got in that final round on that final day at Augusta National. And uh, they happened again this week. You know, two of his bogeys came from really, really challenging, difficult situations in the bunkers at both 7 and 11 that could have gone another way. And he handled them with uh, with grace. Right? He handled them much better. He was not upset about them. He just he took what he had and, and was able to capitalize and, you know, kind of limit the damage. So I was really impressed with this kind of comeback story, which is very similar to what he did in 2019. You know, 2019, he had a great chance. You could argue gave away a, a Masters and came back and won the very next major at the PGA. So all the credit in the world to Brooks Kepka, because uh, this was a major champion, uh, major champion like performance. And uh, he's a very worthy champion. 
Very worthy champion. Indeed, that shot he hit on 11 was sick. We were standing right there. and Sick. Uh, sick. It sick was, good. Yeah, sick in a good way. Since we have the Ice of Fire with us, I think we should give an update on the PGA Championship Fantasy game. And, Greg, you were coming into Sunday as the leader for us. You were fourth overall. I can confirm that our... 18-hole leader, our 36-hole leader, our 54-hole leader, Steel Da One went wire to wire, won our PGA Fantasy Challenge with a team of Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, and Michael Block. But Greg, your team, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, and Matt Cahill was actually upset by Patrick on Sunday. Oh. I'll give you his team in a second, but you came in second out of us. I needed Michael Block. I needed to join the Block party, you know, yeah. um, uh, and, and that's really ultimately what cost me. I know Tony Finau didn't have a, a great performance as well, but um, but if I had if I had the Block party in there, I would have been way higher up on the leaderboard. I was checking it out, Rick, and everybody near the top of this leaderboard in the entire group seemed to have Michael Block. Uh, they must have known something that I didn't, but boy, they nailed it, and uh, and I missed it. But all in all, hey, with having having Kepka and Scheffler on there on my team i'm i'm happy with that uh patrick finished seventh greg finished 12th kyle finished 43rd producer josh finished 50th and i brought up the rear finishing 92nd not a good week that's unlike you that's Come unlike on me I that know. is unlike i will you. get back on the horse and we'll try again next time the scotty scheffler guy i've heard of him he is very good and he will rue his saturday mark because uh, a 73 three over par played him out of this golf tournament it was another late charge he actually is going to end up finishing in a tie for second this week and he didn't really contend on sunday because of that saturday true that's why you play 72 holes in big events. Oh, that's true. No, really it is. And and every great champion will will go through these moments of trial. And, and Greg referenced that with Kepka. And it was the same thing with Scotty, who got off to that horrid start on Saturday where he was basically like four over through eight or whatever it was. But today he showed the champion that he was. He came out... He didn't have all of his game. He was FaceTime less, having FaceTime lessons with his uh, longtime instructor, Randy Smith, who was actually at home bedridden after back surgery. So having FaceTime lessons to try and find a little something, yet he did enough to make himself relevant, to post something, and at least make Brooks think a little bit. And there was a stage, because I was with Scotty's uh, group during this final round, there was a stage if the chip sort of fell his way, perhaps he could have closed that gap a little bit more, especially after hitting the flagstick on 14, yeah. making birdie, and then coming in, he had a poor wedge, I thought, into 16, and that was a good look to try and make a birdie there. So, look, kudos, credit to him for, for manfully battling it out despite not having his best stuff. Yeah, and that Sunday 65, there were a couple of 65s on Sunday. Scoring conditions were the best of the week, Greg, but that is going to tie uh, with those other 65s the round of the week. So Scotty Scheffler gave us the Scotty Sunday we were looking for. It just wasn't quite enough to get the job done because the problem is Scotty's graded on wins now, right? You finish T2, you don't get credit for that. No, unfortunately for Scotty's elevate. Well, maybe it's fortunate. Fortunately, he's elevated himself to the position where it's just how many trophies are you holding up? Um, but this is a 65 that you watch and you feel like it, it could have very easily been 63 or 62. But ultimately, for three of the four days, 
this was Scotty being Scotty, right? I mean, he ends up leading the field in strokes gained tee to green. Surprise, surprise, Rick. He's second in strokes gained off the tee. And and these kind of uh, a shot, th- this ability from tee to green puts him in position where on these really difficult holes like 16 that Mark alluded to, he's hitting gap wedge in there. And and while for most of the field, getting a ball on the green on the green in regulation on that hole is a is a win for Scotty. It feels like a disappointment because it's it's not close. But that's because of his ability off the tee. So I, I look at what Scotty Scheffler did. And in some really difficult conditions, which, by the way, it's something we haven't really seen him contend through challenging weather situations like that. Uh, I'm sure there are many learning opportunities, but ultimately in that Saturday round, this ball striking that has been so reliable was a little bit loose. And it was something that that let him down. And, you know, a couple shots go just a little bit different. A couple putts fall which, I mean, he didn't really make anything outside of 15 feet all week. Uh, you know, a couple of those go. Uh, he he hits a couple better tee shots in the rain on Saturday, and, and he's right there with Brooks Kepka. So it really impressive stuff out of Scotty Scheffler, and uh, you, can, you can bet that in the next two major championships uh, and every event he plays in between, Scotty's going to be a part of the conversation because he's just he's that reliable. He's just that good. Brooks Kepka. Nine under par, that's your winning score. Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, seven under apiece. Then a gap mark. Nobody else until we get to Cam Davis, Kurt Kitayama, Bryson DeChambeau at three under. Are you, su- are you surprised that there was this level of separation on the board on Sunday? Not really, because the conversation amongst the players when we got here early in the week was like, how hard is this place? Mm. Then you start to poll players and you're like, what's a good score? And to a man, I heard stuff anywhere from four to eight under. And I sort of settled on, uh, we didn't know that the weather was going to come in as bad as what it did Saturday with all that rain. I was sort of sort of settling on the fact that, okay, if you do two under a round around this place, you're likely going to win, which was very close to winning. Right. Um, but it was the kind of test this golf course where if you were just marginally off, I mean, just marginally off, it was going to trip you up. And maybe you weren't going to sort of hemorrhage your way to death, but you're going to make a whole lot of bogeys and paper cut your way to kind of a, a bit of a, a gushing bleed, if you will. So yeah, I, I wasn't surprised at all. I was quite surprised that so far, so guys, so many guys got it so far under. Yeah. But then again, kudos to Kerry Haig on the course setup because uh, they had it hard and then it was challenging in the in the wet weather and then for sunday they knew they were going to have a big crowd there was beautiful weather out here just enough wind to make you think but they set up the whole location so folks could really get busy and if you were playing well and striking the ball well you could get after it and, the, and, and certain folks did those sunday 65s include cam smith Kurt Kitayama, Cam Davis, Scotty Scheffler, and friend of the pod, Sepp Straka. Hat tip to all those guys. Uh, Rory McIlroy here, Greg, got us all hot and bothered. He stuffs his approach on one to tap in birdie range, and we fled. We ran over there. We said, okay, it's happening. We got to see this. When Rory inevitably turns in 29, we've got to be there. Uh, He immediately gives it back on two with what Mark called a a little wipey fade. Wipey and disastrous. I must say this. Um, When I was there in the fairway, he hits his tee shot off the first and just absolutely pummels this three wood over the bunker, 290 in the air. And my spotter, Craig, looks at me and goes, sort of raises his eyes to go, isn't this the guy that was missing fairways all over the joint? And from there, 
I get a yardage. Craig looks at me and he goes, he's going to stiff this. Mm. I'm like, you know, I feel the same thing. And the next thing he nearly holes out, the place goes bananas. And I was like, yeah, we go. And everyone kind of felt that thing. Hits it down the fairway on two. And you think, now, wait a second. But there's this front right hole location. I remember because it was three paces on, three paces off the right-hand side. And in my head, I had crafted this beautiful uh, short call. It was going to be like, well, three on, three from the right. Maybe an omen for a three, another birdie. But he wipes this wedge into a bunker and makes a bogey. And so then it kind of went downhill for a while. So we had actually, the first cut team had a rough go. You you had a line that you didn't get to use. Kyle had a great meme that he did not get to deploy <laughs> uh, because of the results of the tournament. It, it would have broken the internet if... if the situation played out, but it did not. Greg, um, Rory McIlroy made plenty of birdies this week. That was that was not the problem. Four more bogeys on the card, including number four. That's a par five for Rory, and it was just too many crooked numbers to overcome. Yeah, you look at it wasn't just today, Rick. It was uh, throughout the entire week. I mean, three of the four days, he made four bogeys, uh, and that's that's too much to overcome. So you look at Rory and you know heading into this week really after masters heading into wells fargo as well it felt to me like the beginning of a new season it felt like somebody who had taken a little bit of time off and perhaps we were going to have a little bit of rust and i think that's kind of what we're seeing the talent the ability level of rory mcelroy allows for these wonderful shots wonderful tee shots like the three wood he hit at one and and the uh, and the wedge that he hit in there really close are miraculous but then there's the sloppy stuff like the you know the miss to the right from 127 at two the three putt at number four uh, even number 15 where where michael block his playing partner nearly you know does hold it uh, you know rory hits it down into that collection area from 150 yards and doesn't give himself that an opportunity for birdie so th these are kind of the sloppy loose swings that are costing rory mcelroy right now and, and that's the kind of stuff he has to clean up but um, ultimately, I'm optimistic about Rory heading into this week. I, I didn't expect a performance to be this, um, you know, full of emotion. And I didn't expect a performance where he was really going to give himself a legitimate chance. And after the first hole today, he had a legitimate chance. If he does go shoot that 29 on the front nine that you're so sure he's going to shoot, this tournament can start to feel and look very different. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the loose swings and some of those mistakes really end up costing it greg i'm with you um last year prior to the uh, this pga the one at southern hills i had justin thomas at the at&t byron nelson and i remember him hitting a five wood down the 12th it was a par five then that this shot he hit it and i was like yo it was one of those and he was the reason why i decided to go with jt the following week at southern hills in one and done which he turns out winning rory today hit a four iron into the seventh that when he hit this thing i i actually went like all right it might not be consistent because he mentioned that he feels good on the range in practice it just wasn't translating to the course but he picked this five iron he launched this thing it took off and just went actually flew it over the back of the green turned into a bogey but he hit it exactly on the button and i was like here we go this is a really good sign because all the other ball striking early in, earlier in the week when I saw him was kind of unconvincing given his lofty standards. But that four iron, I was like, okay, it's real. It's coming back. And so I, I feel like things are boding well for McElroy as we head into the summer.
It's real and it's spectacular from Rory McIlroy. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Greg, after opening with a Thursday 66 round of the day, finished with 71, 70, 70. If major championship Brooks is back, is major championship Bryson back? Well, we definitely saw elite ability off the tee, right? I mean, he led the field in strokes gained off the tee this week. Um, you saw some really good uh, uh, putting out of him. You saw some really good iron play out of him. Although the iron play did kind of diminish throughout the week. It, it went downhill a little bit uh, after in each round after a really, really nice first round. Uh, but ultimately, this this Bryson um, is looking much more sta steady, looking much more consistent, still has a ton of power. Uh, it, and it feels to me like Bryson's in a little bit of a strange place. Like he's he's not as comfortable coming back into the light the way Brooks Kepka is. And I think when when Bryson can kind of get his you know own personal image under control and figure out what he really wants to be and and what this is all about for him i think you're going to see bryson content because he is super talented and this club head speed has you know even though he's not quite as big it, it has not gone away and, and on a setup like this it's it's perfect for bryson dechambeau and i imagine lacc is going to be a very similar circumstance so you know, i i do expect to see bryson over the next couple of years remain in contention in these big events because they're just they're made for him he's got an advantage out of the rough uh, and and with his distance and and his ability on the greens he's a, he's a great putter as well uh, you know that combination can be really hard to beat i think bryson's just got to get a little more confident with himself uh, and when he handles that i think he'll be in a really good place well, maybe that confidence you speak of, Greg, um, just a quick note, new golf instructor this oh. week for Bryson yes. DeChambeau. He was working with Chris Como for the longest time, but he's hooked up with a Californian guy named Dana Dahlquist, who I rate highly. So I, I don't know how much of what they were doing was a fundamental or like a, philosoph a philosophical sort of a change when it comes to the golf swing. New guy uh, on the block for 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 uh, Bryson. So maybe there's a little running time they need to get in there to get things settled down to where he wants. But I would say it was off to a nice start. Well, I have some breaking news, and I want to make sure we're able to this is cover this. News. Here. This is terrible news. It's it, it's terrible, but it is it is breaking. I have the updated one and done standings, and I don't have the picks in front of me, but I know about half of Big Brooks. Yes. Half of us picked Brooks, and when I say us, I do not mean you and I, Mark, <laughs> no. who were sitting at the top. I have been caught not only by the fans, but by Kyle M. Sia has leapfrogged Greg, Kyle, and Patrick, and our pets' heads are falling off. So Sia got a pick in on time, at least. Got a pick in, and seemingly it was Brooks. <laughs> yeah, look, Brooks was a good call this week, and, and I will be honest. Um, Thursday when Dustin Johnson played so well and my guy Cameron Young and listen for the record I had Cameron Young earmarked for this event New York guy coming back to New York golf course rebuilt long rewards a long driver as like Cameron Young but when I saw him play as poorly as what he did at uh, Quail Hollow I had my reservations but I went ahead and stuck with it which was a bit short-sighted and I had my eye on Brooks a bit, but I just was, I was too unsure to really go with it, you know? And then when Dustin shoots whatever he did in the first round. 66 or Then 67. I'm thinking, ah, shucks. Now Rick, who had DJ, who was going to be uh, in decent shape. But DJ nearly finished as badly as my guy at the weekend off. I, I wanted to use Brooks, but I used him at the Masters, so I couldn't use him. And I've still got him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Also, uh -huh. 
I knew DJ's he gains like four strokes putting on Thursday and I was like this is gonna go this is gonna go sideways for me <laughs> but I'm just hoping he can hold on he could not so here here are now the updated standings and they're getting pretty pretty big here Who's Mark leading? yeah asterisk 15 you need to take that away I'm not in charge of that you are you're the commissioner no Kyle I, commissioner. My, my my limitations are Kyle's not the commissioner <laughs> yeah, you know, that is true. Mark no. 15.2 million. Kyle M, Magic Man, Kyle M, 13.6. The fans at 12.8. I'm at 12.7. Sia Najad, 10.3. Greg, 9.3. Kyle wow. Porter, 7.6. Patrick, 6.8. Greg, who'd you have this week? Brooks Kepka. I've, I've been in the cellar all year. And all of a sudden, I wait. Have, you you uh, have you you still only have nine million dollars, and you have Brooks this week. Uh, yes, I was in the cellar. I had six point uh, six point one million heading into the week with a win. I had I had Justin Rose at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. I mean, I had only missed one cut for the entire year. I mean, I've been playing some really good golf. I just haven't been turning in the scores, uh, especially in the big events. But finally, I cracked the code. And I have gotten myself out of the cellar, and I am thrilled about it. So thank you, Brooks Kepka. Thank you, Brooks Kepka. Yeah. And thank you to thank you very much. All the hardworking people working behind the scenes to get this podcast out each and every day from Oak Hill. Big thanks to you, Greg Ducharme. Big thanks to you, Mark Immelman. Uh, and big thanks to you, the fans, tuning in every single week. First cut. Podcast will be back at it again next week for the Charles Schwab. Yes, Colonial. I'm going to be there. Cowtown. Great event. Cowtown. Colonial. We'll see you there. Goodbye. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!